Glory to God. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans 8, 29 says this. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among man. God came to establish a destiny in your life. So say this with me. I am predestined by God to be like Jesus. He is helping me to grow and to change and to fulfill his destiny. From the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 it says, And be not conformed to this world. You know, the enemy will pressure us to come into confirmation with the spirit of this world and with the spirit of this age. Otherwise, he would never tell us, be not conformed. It is going to be a temptation for you and for me to yield to the pressures that he brings to bear upon our lives. And so that's why he gives us a heads up and says, don't be conformed. You know, on the job, for example, some people may be cutting corners and you're so diligent, you're just making the whole clan of them look bad. And they say, well, why don't you just stop working so hard? And why don't you cut this corner and cut that corner? I'm telling you, something on the inside of us ought to rise up and say, never, no, I will not compromise my witness. I will do the will of God. And then there's other people that they don't understand you. They're not born again. They're not saved. They don't know why you don't go out with them drinking and partying and doing the funky chicken or whatever they do. I know I'm dated. But, you know, they're, they're, they want you to be a part of their posse. Well, we're, you're no longer a part of their posse. You're part of God's posse. You're part of the Father's family. Amen. And, and so, well, what are you too good for us? Well, I tell you one thing. My good, good father has put his goodness on the inside of me, and I'm not going that way. I've been that way before, and all it did for me was bring death into my life. I'm going Yahweh. I'm going God's way. And then you can just invite them to come along with you. Hey, you've been going to the bar Friday night. Why don't you come to church with me Sunday morning? Just a thought. And so we need to then realize that we can be renewed in the spirit of our mind. The spirit of your mind is that level of your thinking. It includes actions. It includes thought patterns that are programmed by habit and by training. We must continue to renew our minds until it becomes a habit. And our thinking automatically agrees with the word of God. You see, one thing about renewing your mind is you don't want to try to get God to agree with you. No, you find his word and you say, yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And when you come into agreement with him, that is when life begins to get excited, exciting, because then you can walk with him. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together lest they be in agreement? When you align your life with his plan and with his will, and you come into agreement with his word, oh, glory to God, then you can walk with your good, good father. How many of you are really interested in walking with your good, good father? Oh, that's 100% of us. Lift up our other hand, other hand and just start shouting praise to the Lord. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. So take some responsibility for your life. I'm responsible and you're responsible for your words, your thoughts, and your actions. 
In order for our lives to change, we must change our words, as we said last week. We must learn the language of redemption. And if we will change the way we talk, amen, we will then change the way that we live and the way that we function in life. Amen. Now listen to this statement. The spirit of faith. What do you mean the spirit of faith? Every one of you have the spirit of faith. Did you feel that? Let me try one more time. Every one of you have the spirit of faith. Now listen to this. The spirit of faith has an attitude. And it has an action. Believing is the attitude and speaking is the action. And when your speaker is connected to your believer, the spirit of faith will carry you to your divine destiny. Oh, glory to God. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, we looked at that last week, but I want to look at it again. A very important verse of scripture. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. Let me ask you a question. How many of you today have been born again? Did you know that if you have been born again, not only are you saved, but in the eyes of God and spiritually speaking, you've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are sitting together with Christ as heirs of God and of joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now notice this verse and connect that with this. Not if you've been risen with Christ, since you're born again. Since you have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Now there are millions of people that are born again that are not doing that. They're raised with Christ, but seeking Him and seeking the things that are above is foreign to their lives. But not you. Not me. Since you're risen with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Now notice verse 2, and I want you to read it with me. Part of seeking the things that are above is what you do with your mind. Seeking the things that are above and setting your mind and your affection on things above and not on the things of the earth is the will of God for your life. Set your mind. In other words, have a mind set. Have a change of mind. Do something different. Think something different than the same old, same old. Think the thoughts of God. Speak the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. And you'll be setting and seeking the things that are above. And it will change what's going on here beneath. I said it'll change what's going on here beneath. In the Amplified Version, it says this. It says, and set your minds, and keep them set, on what is above. The higher things, not on the things that are on this earth. You know, we can be Christians and be as worldly as the world is. We can be Christians and be as carnal as an old hoot all. 
Now, I don't know if hoot owls are carnal. If you have an owl in your house, I'm sorry, but just an illustration. But you can be born out of the world and yet live like the world. Look at your neighbor saying, that's not me, that's not you. (laughs) Carnal mindset. Paul addressed the church at Corinth and he said, you know what? He says, you got the gifts of the Spirit operating. You got faith that moves mountains. But you know what? You're acting like mere unchanged men. For there's envying among you, there's strife among you, there's carnality among you. And so a carnal mindset never, ever produces life. A carnal mindset will always produce death. Not necessarily physical death, but the kind of death that eats away at people's lives. I'm talking about a mind that's filled with fear, a mind that's filled with worry, a life that is filled with sickness and disease, a life that is absolutely so chuck full of debt that they can hardly get out of the bed in the morning. Like Charles Capp said years ago, I was so poor I couldn't pay attention. Look at Romans 8 and verse 6. Romans the 8th chapter and the 6th verse. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going somewhere today. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is is life, and it is peace. Now, the choice is mine, and the choice is yours every day where we are going to put our affections on, where we are going to set our thoughts on, where we are going to set our mind upon. Now, it says right here in the Word of God that if you'll set your mind on spiritual things, you will have Life and you will have a peace. And friends, this peace is a peace that passes all understanding. Now, if you look at what's going on in the economy since the beginning of the year, if you look at what's going on in the stock market, you could literally lose your marbles. Why? If your faith is what's going on in this world system, my brother and sister, it's on very, very crumbly, shaky ground. But oh, thank God, if your faith is on Him, if your faith is on things above, if your faith is in a covenant-keeping God, then your feet is on a solid rock. Hallelujah. And while the flood comes and the wind blows, it can't shake you because you're founded upon a rock. Hallelujah. Come on, shout somebody. Let the church say amen. The difference between a fleshly Christian and a spiritual Christian is what they are thinking on. Proverbs 23, 7. Let's notice this verse of Scripture. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. For as he thinks in his heart, what is he? As he thinks in his heart, finish the rest. So if I go around all day thinking hopelessness, Thinking about how tired I am and how discouraged I am, that's exactly what will be in my life. I'll walk around a tired, fatigued, 65-year-old with no hope. I didn't say I'd do that. But if I did that, 
that's what I'd have. If I walked around, or you walked around all day thinking about what you don't have and what you can do, that is exactly what will be in your life. If you walk around through life thinking about how rejected you are and how poorly people treated you growing up and how that, you know, nothing ever good happens to me. As a man thinketh, come on, as a man believeth, as a man speaketh, so shall he haveth. Now raise your hands and say this with me. The me I see is the me I will be. And the me I see is strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The me I see has the mind of Christ. The me I see is full of joy. The me that I see is healed, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. On my way to heaven, that's the me that I see. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Turn your life around. Turn your tongue around. Take the rudder of your ship. If you've been going in the wrong direction and just turn it around to covenant-keeping promises, and that will be what you will see in your life. But if we think on the negative world around us, we're just going to live carnal, worldly lives. Choose to think the thoughts of God. Now, we meditate all day long. Did you know that? The question is, is what are we meditating on? What are we looking at? Do you know that worry is looking at the wrong thing? God told us what to look at. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my saints. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. You see, we're meditating on a regular basis. The word meditate simply means to ponder, to imagine, or to think about. Meditation in the Word of God is fixing your mind on His Word. It's settling your thoughts on Him. It's spending time beholding Him. And what we behold is what we will become. Now here's what meditation will do. Meditation in the Word of God enlarges your capacity for confidence and trust and faith in Him. Meditation in the Word of God will expand your ability to believe and to receive and to take hold of the promises of God. Meditation in the Word of God allows the Word of God to take root. The devil's afraid of you having the Word in you to that degree. Oh, he's just fine with you coming to church a couple times a week and hearing a little message. But when you open up your Bible on Monday morning... When you open up your Bible and you take your sword out and you slap him around. When he brings sickness, disease on your babies. When you get serious about the things of God, I'm telling you, the devil starts trembling. Oh no, we got to do something. We got to get something out of him. The word is taking root. And when the word takes root, this is when you and I will start enjoying the fruit. Hallelujah. Say thank you, Lord. For the fruit of the engrafted word. Now here's some principles to help you 
to learn how to meditate in God's Word. When you're opening up the Bible and you're reading your scriptures, don't get in a marathon trying to read from Genesis to Revolutions, I mean Revelation, in a month. You know, speed reading's good, and that's awesome, but how much are you retaining? How much are you able to pause? How much are you able to think about how this, what you're reading, how does this apply to me personally? How does this change my life? How does this change my situation? I'll never forget. When I first got born again, I was so down on myself. I was just so down on myself. And I got a hold of one scripture that got beyond my mind into my heart. And through the process of meditation, it just became a part of me. And when it took root, my days of guilt and condemnation and insecurity were over with forever. Just one verse. One verse. God's verses, God's word is life. It'll take those insecurities right out of you. You know what scripture it was? You know it real well. You could quote it with me. For he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Oh, it it just got in my spirit, and I discovered this, that I had right standing with God, just as if sin never existed before. Hallelujah! And that God was not holding my past against me, but rather he was opening up a door for a bright future. Raise both hands and say it with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And then when you're meditating the word of God, don't leave the Holy Spirit in the other room. Holy Spirit, it's time for me to get in the word. Just I'll talk to you later. No, the Holy Spirit is there to help you. You see, you've got inside information. Inside the words in your Bible, but also inside information that comes from communing with the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. He was there, right there, when those scriptures were being penned. He was right there when those scriptures were being spoken. He was right there. Have you ever found a verse of scripture that you just had no clue? There's three honest people here. No, there's been more than once that I've opened the word. And quite frankly, Lord, I have no clue. But the Holy Ghost came to give you a clue. He is the spirit of knowing. He is the one who said, the spirit of God, when he lives on the inside of you, he will reveal unto you the deep things of God. He is the revealer of truth. So I don't know if you pray in the Holy Ghost, but if you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, I want to invite you to be filled with the spirit. Because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, not only do you receive power from on high to be a witness, but you also receive a beautiful gift of tongues that goes along with speaking in tongues. It's a wonderful thing. As you speak in tongues, here's what happens. You quiet your soul. You quiet your mind. And you can commune with the Holy Spirit just like I can commune with Tony. 
If Tony and I were to meet at Starbucks tomorrow morning and have a good cup of coffee and sit down and talk about the things of the Word of God, there would be a mutual sharing together of what God is saying to him and what the Spirit of God is saying to me. And that would be out on the table for us both to partake of. Well, you see, the Holy Spirit is your paraclete. He's the one that's called alongside to help you to reveal to you what you don't know. Oh, do we need to know some stuff? Say this to me, Holy Spirit. I invite you to reveal to me the truths of God's Word. And so you will discover that as you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are building up yourself on your most holy faith. And you are charging your inner man up like a battery. And you are causing your soul to be quiet and your spirit to be alert and awake. And so shall the Spirit of God bring the truth and reveal it to you. And the entrance of the Word of God will give light and will bring understanding to your situation. And He will show you things to come. And He will show you how to live and how to do what you haven't been able to do in yesterday and in yesteryear. For He is the third person of the Godhead and he resides in you so learn to listen to him learn to speak to him yea commune with him even say what Benny Hinn said years ago go good morning Holy Spirit talk with him and he will talk with you and then place yourself in agreement with what God's word says about you no matter what you feel like Say this with me. I agree with what you say to me. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. How many of you know the devil's a liar? I like what T.D. Jake says. The devil is a liar. Amen. What else does T.D. do? That guy is a preacher and a half. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. Got another Motown song coming up in me. Better not do it. People get ready. There's a train. Okay. All right. The devil is a liar. (laughs) I said to one of our our sisters at the back door last week, and I said, hey, did you hear that Motown song? And she says, she said, Pastor, she said, don't quit your day job. She said, Pastor, don't quit your day job. She says, we got this. Well, but can I have just a little part? I got sunshine. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, the devil is a liar. (laughs) Woo! You can have fun in church. It's all good. You don't need to be all starchy and all bummed and all depressed. Hey, a merry heart, it doeth good like a baby aspirin. Amen. The devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's a thief. He is a persistent thief. He is a defeated thief. But he needs to be reminded. Amen. And so he brings all sorts of lies All sorts of suggestions. Look at verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 10. It says, For though we walk in the, what? 
We do not war after the flesh. That tells me that I am not Brenda's enemy. My war is not with you, and your war is not with me. We're living in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. There is a fight. The good news is, it is a fight that has been fixed. But we must go into the arena where the fight is and enforce Satan's defeat and stay out of the realm of reasoning and stay in the arena of faith. And so we're walking in the flesh. We don't war after the flesh. Now notice this. For the weapons, not just one weapon, but for the weapons of our warfare, I like this, they're not carnal. So there's nothing dead about these weapons. Carly mind is death. Our weapons are alive. Our weapons are powerful. The blood, the name, the power of the Holy Ghost, the spoken word. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but oh, they are mighty. You got some mighty weapons. You got some mighty weapons that you need to be using this year. You've got the name which is above everything. Every name. There's no hall of fame in this world that can house the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is above every name. This name is above. This name is mighty. This, oh, glory to God. This word is powerful. The blood of the Lamb is powerful. But they are mighty through God. Now notice, to the pulling down of what? Are there some strongholds that need to be pulled down in our lives? Absolutely there are. Strongholds are are fortified thoughts from the enemy in the mind. Strongholds develop because we've allowed these thoughts that contradict the word of God to linger in our mind. We understand that there is a battle. But have you ever noticed, maybe since the beginning of this year, I mean, you walked into this new year saying, you know, things are going to be different. It's going to be different. I'm going to walk in a greater degree of love than I ever have before. I'm going to lose that weight. I'm going to exercise three days a week. By the grace of God, I'm going to be in church two out of three services. You ever notice that when you make a decision that he will always make suggestions Any time that you're trying to change. Let's listen to some of his stupid classic suggestions that he brings to our souls. Are you sure you're saved? Are you sure you're born again? Don't you remember what you did last week? Don't you remember what you said last? Are you sure you're saved? He came to Jesus And he said, if you're the son of God, he tried to get Jesus to doubt that he was. He will bring doubts to your soul. Another one is this. You're not healed. Who do you think you are? Talking, you're healed. Just look at your body. You're not any better this week than you were last week. You're not healed. How about this one? You'll never get out of debt. Here's another one. Nobody likes you. 
Nobody likes it. Then he'll enumerate. You're too fat. You're too skinny. Your hair is too thin. You don't have a high school education. All that is a bunch of junk from the pit of hell. Here's another classic example. You're going to die in an accident before the year is out. You're not going to make it to live a full life. Now listen to this statement. For every lie that would bind, there is a truth that will set you free. But you've got to know that truth. You've got to get that truth in your heart so that it can come out of your mouth. So here's what we do. Notice with me in verse 5. Let's read it together. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. Here's what we do. We cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we bring into captivity... How many thoughts? So any thought, doesn't matter what that thought might be, any thought that doesn't line up with Christ, any thought that doesn't line up with a Christ-like life, you are not to entertain. You are not to allow it to linger. And you do not overcome thoughts with thoughts. You can't outthink that rascal. Stop trying to outthink him and start taking the sword of the Spirit and tell him what the Word of God says. Mm, well, hallelujah. You see, you and I, we've been given a shield of faith. And with this shield of faith, the Scripture says that we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Did you know what the word quench means? The word quench means to extinguish. It means to nullify. It means to put out. It means to render ineffective. Oh, my brothers and sisters. He said, you are to be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. And he says, you are to take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, here's what you're to do. You're not to quit. You're not to wimp out. But you are to stand. You are to stand having your loins girt about with truth. You are to stand having on the breastplate of righteousness. You are to stand taking the shield of faith. This shield of faith is not a pizza pan size. It is a door-shaped shield. And you put that shield out, God, chunk. And you get behind the shield. And when the flaming missiles come, you just lift it up and you quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Woo! Glory to God. He cannot get to you and he cannot get to me because this shield of faith is impenetrable by any of the enemy's darts. Oh, Jesus. And so here's what we're to do. And this is your assignment for this week. Here's what we must do, and here's what we can do. We are to reject the thoughts of the thief, and we are to replace them with God's thoughts. It's going to take some work, and it's going to take some diligence, but you can do it. Reject means to cast down, to throw off, to refuse, to receive. 
It simply means counteract his suggestions by casting down and rejecting every thought that opposes the truth of God's word. In other words, get your mind so renewed by allowing it to dwell in you richly. Think on his word day and night. Speak his word in the morning. Lift your voice up on high and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If you will abide in him and his words will abide in you, his word will just automatically come up on the inside of you when the temptation comes. I'm exhorting you as your pastor in 2016, get immersed with the presence of God. Get saturated with God. You know you want that. In your heart of hearts, you know you want his presence more than you want the world. You know you want the things of the kingdom more than the things of this world. I'm exhorting you in 2016, let this word abide in you. And you'll get to that place, you will ask what you will, and it'll be done unto you. Let his word be first place in your life. Minister to him regularly. Allow and invite the Holy Spirit into every area of your life. So make a habit of rejecting bad thoughts. And your thoughts will change. And consequently, your life will change too. Did you get anything out of this today? Glory to God. Let's give God praise today for what we've heard.